Okay, so we're talking about Nesiv HaNedivus. Now, many people misunderstand Nedivus, or Vatronus for that matter. Um, they think it's related to kindness. Someone who's generous is often bundled with just a person who's kind or uh, charitable, right? Um, but the moral over is going to be working very hard to show that it's not exactly the same thing. Um, oh, by the way, I should, I should give a quick warning. Um, today we're going to have to do it a little bit differently because of the fact that starting next week, I would like to begin a different Nesiv. We're going to try to finish Nesiv Nedivus in this hour, which means... I need to be making a beeline. Please take notes. Please ask me questions afterwards. But unless, like, you have no idea what I'm saying, please uh, hold the questions until until the end, just because there's a lot to cover. Okay. So, uh, so the morale is explaining to us over here that Nidius is not the same thing as a Gomel Chesed, someone who does acts of kindness. It's 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 a way of relating actually to physicality how do I relate to physicality maybe I'll just give a few words of introduction before we launch into the sources and that is a person who needs to grab every coin rolling his way in the street or whatever it is right uh, that person is overly grossed in money, in physicality, in that way, a nadiv, someone who's, who's generous, doesn't even have to be generous where he's doing an act of kindness or he's giving charity. He's just generous means he's not petty. He's not a petty person. Okay? So, here we go. As always, we start with the Pasuk and Mishle. Rabim Yechalu Pnei Nadiv. Many people will seek out the face of a generous one. V'chol ha'reya lishmatan, and everyone is friends, and everyone is friends to a person who gives gifts. Now, what's the relationship between those two people? They're both not, both the generous one and the giver of gifts, are not uh, tied up with their soul and their life's blood to the dollars in their pockets. They're, 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 they can part more easily with their money. Now there is a progression here. And the div, as we're going to see, is a vatron. He doesn't have, he's not going to bother, you know, getting the, uh, getting the three cents change you know, from the clerk at the store. Um, whereas a maton, someone who is actually giving gifts to people, that's a higher level. That's why with the nadiv, people like to be around and people seek out the nadiv. People like to be around someone who is not stuck in physicality on such a level, who is not a, uh, a petty person in that regard. But whereas someone who can even give gifts like that, not that these people want the gifts, but that type of person, they want to be his friend. That's how the moral explains. So the relationship between the generous one and the giver is that they're both not engrossed in the physicality of money. Um, and again, the generous person is not necessarily doing an act of kindness. Or someone could be a tremendous Baal Chesed and he'll give a lot of money, but he still not overall generous in a sense of he goes to Home Depot, he still wants to get every penny from the, you know, the wait for the manager to come to give him his thing. He, he's very um, focused on these things. Uh, that's, uh, they're related but not the same thing. Um, and the reason why people want to be around him is because he's someone who can, helps people leave physicality to a certain extent. He's someone who can take physicality with a grain of salt without, without getting so hung up on every dollar. You go out to lunch with somebody, it comes time to split the bill, right? Like, 
okay, well, but hold on, but remember, you had the appetizers. Like, okay, forget it. It's not worth it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Says the incredible Gemara Baba Basra. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yochan says, that which the Torah says about Eov is greater than that what it says about Avram Avinu. Because about Avram Avinu, he just says, after the greatest act ever of Akedis Yitzchak, Hashem says to him, Now I know you're a, someone who has all of heaven. But by Eov it says, he was an Ish, Tam, Yosher, Yireh Elohim, so he, see he's got the Yireh Elohim there, but he's also got the Tam and the Yosher, and the Sar May Ra, someone who turns away from evil. As the Gemara, what does this mean, Sar May Ra? And the obvious question is because once you tell me he's a Tam and Yosher and a Yireh Elohim, you think I don't know that he's, he turns away from evil? Uh, that's obvious. So there must be some other meaning to these words, turning away from evil. So the answer is the Gemara, he was a vatron. When he would purchase something from the, from the Makolot, from the grocery store, if, it, if there was something that was pachas misheva pruta, he wouldn't be insistent upon it. Less than, which is uh, always incredible to me, a Sheva Pruta is the smallest coin for which an individual item can be purchased. Okay? So, yeah, like, I don't know, like a gumball. How much is a gumball? Still 25 cents? They, they, they've held it. They can't break out because gumball is supposed to be 25 cents. Like, it used to be 25 cents, you know, like 20 years ago. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but uh, but but the point is, so twenty five cents. Okay, so twenty five cents is you can't buy anything less than twenty five for less than twenty five cents. Okay, so therefore, that's called Pachus Michel Pruta. And in the and in the halacha in the law, anything less than that does not have a status of value. Okay, but. The Gemara says that what people would do is they would say, listen, I, uh, um, I bought from you, say, you know, the, the store owner, you, you still owe me um, 15 cents, right? So I'll, no, sorry, the Gemara the, explained, let's say someone's going to do something very small. You guys say, hey, can you take out the garbage from me? So he says, what are you going to give me? He says, listen, I've got a little bit of credit at the store. I'll go buy one little roll of bread. I'll break, I'll give you half. I, 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 I told the store manager to remember that he owes me half a half a bun, right? Ha, I mean, half of a pruta he owes me still. So I'll go, I'll buy a full bun uh, by paying him half more. And I'll, and I'll split it. The point is that he's in America today. You have people, there's coinage still of one penny. One penny. It's crazy. Like the amount of money it takes to mint the one penny and to circulate it, if we're able to wait there until they're paid out the one pennies, here's your three cents, sir. And then it falls on the floor, you have to go pick it up and put it in his hand. Right? It's all for the pursuit of something that you couldn't possibly buy anything with it. Okay? So Vatra says, it's okay. Anything less than 25 cents, I mean. Yeah? In, in Israel, like uh, I think, pretty much the only coins in circulation is, is a ha is a half a shekel. But sometimes you'll see a tenagarot piece, but like it's like almost impossible. A half a shekel is reasonable. You can, there's certain things you can buy with a half a shekel. So it's incredible. It's a halacha actually. We're gonna get to it a bit later. The Gemara Sanhedrin says that a ben Noach can be executed for stealing pachos Michel pruta. For stealing less than a shell fruit, why? So the moral explains because because by them, since they are makpid, since they are insistent on keeping that value, so then it's theft in their eyes. It's theft 
to steal lasna shampoo. I mean, if, 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 somebody, if somebody owes you, you pay for something, and he owes you change, and he owes you, you know, 12 cents, you want those 12 cents. Correct. That in, in, in halacha, although you're not allowed to do it like at Hila, but 12 cents has no halachic status. You can't do anything with 12 cents. So the Maral says that's a gilui that Torah is revealing to us that the Jewish soul is transcendent to the uh, every Jew it has this it has this concept of not being so petty, not being so engrossed in physicality to where we're gonna hunt down the, the, you know, those twelve cents, and therefore, even though you shouldn't do it, of course, but it's not actually gazel to to steal twelve cents. Whereas by a goy, with the, their high of Misa for Gezel, one of the seven Noahite laws. So, and their own system upon even Apocalypse Michelle Pruta, even a, uh, you know, even, even a dimes and nickels, right? Uh, nickels and dimes, so then they can actually receive the death penalty for stealing that. What? Parshas Noah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, money is a, a value holder. Money is not. Uh, money speaks to the ability to get a, a thing, right? So uh, you get a piggy bank, and then you live like a piggy or a pig, right? And you collect every coin, uh, collecting, collecting every 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 nickel and dime and and penny. And you stuff them all in there and until the pig gets so fat, and then you break it, and then you manage to buy yourself, you know, a bucket of uh, uh, fried chicken. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so. Um, oh, so we're, we're yeah, uh, question number six. Yeah. Um, so the Rashi there says that Yehov would just give the whole thing. He didn't want the change because Shayara be'enav, who is evil in his eyes, ledagdik bedaver kal she'enomamu, to be exacting and such a small thing that it's not even a value. It's not even real money. Pachas Mishael Pruta. It's not a real coinage. You can't buy anything with it. And to, so to go and to be persistent, such a thing, it was it, it was uh, evil in his eyes. So, the, that's, again, saying that Eov was greater, it was says about, now we're not saying Eov was greater than Avram, has for Shol. Avram was certainly greater than Eov. But, what it says about Avraham is greater than what it's, uh, what it says about Eov is greater than what it said about Avraham. Why? Because it shows over here that he was a person who stayed away from getting engrossed in physicality, from running after physicality. To the point, if a person is chasing down every diamond nickel, he's also very likely gonna chase down his neighbor's dimes and nickels also. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's a very fine line uh, of which money belongs to me, which money belongs to you. So if I'm always chasing down every nickel and dime, I'm potentially gonna very easily overstep that line as well. Whereas if I take a step back and I say all the nickels and dimes, they, those can stay on the floor. Then I'm already, first of all, there's a little bit of a distance, but additionally, I'm in a different mindset. I'm not looking to, to, to chase down every, di every nickel and dime. I'm, I'm, I'm a generous person. I'm living with a, a broadness of mind. Big minded as opposed to petty. That's uh, that's in the div. And that's by the way, says the Mara, why uh, the term for noble uh, nobleman, nobility, is nidivim. What's the connection? Nobility and nidivim. 
maybe the truth is maybe the English word nobility is also related. I have to think about what the word noble means. But what does a leadership have to do with uh, with uh, generosity? Answer is because a leader is meant to be someone who is elevated, uplifted, above the fray, above the you know the. You say that the perhaps the most painful, one of the most painful moments in the Kotzker's life was Kotzker had a base midrash filled with Hasidim sitting and learning Torah, mitocha dochak, tremendous poverty, and they were sitting and they were learning. Families were almost starving, but it was the most beautiful thing. And a very very rich woman heard about what he was doing and the tremendous Torah that was being learned there and everything. She drove there, she brought to him a barrel of gold coins. She gave it to the Kotzker to distribute amongst his Talmudim, amongst the Hasidim, I should say. So he said, no thank you, we don't want it. It's going to ruin their learning, it's going to ruin their mysterious nefesh. This is good the way it is. So she insisted and etc. this. So he said, come, let me show you. So he walked into the base midrash, he had the barrel of gold coins, he grabbed a handful of gold coins and threw it on the, ta- uh, on the, on the floor. And it went rolling across the room and... What? No. First one person went over and picked it up and another person, another person, another person and he he felt that that was like stop the coming of Mashiach that was like said I thought I had 200 Hasidim instead I have 200 Schnorrers over here this is totally uh, totally broken this is, this is a breaking event in his life anyway but the, but the point is he was expecting something angelic he was expecting for people to be above golden coins when they're impoverished but what we're saying here is to be above non-coins, nickels and dimes, non-coins, coinage that you cannot buy anything with, to be above that, to be transcendent to a certain extent. That's what it means to stay away from Ra, to be not so engrossed, to not be in that mentality. Okay, the Gemara and Erevan tells us, oh, that, we, that way we did already, um, yeah, the Gemara and Megillah, says that the Talmudim asked a Rebbe, how did you merit to long days, to longevity of days? So he said to them three things he did. He never took honor at the expense of someone else's embarrassment. He never went to sleep without first forgiving someone that had wronged him and I'm going to insert, at least according to some commentaries, had asked him for forgiveness. So we don't get into that, the whole conversation. Um, because just because someone asks you for forgiveness doesn't mean that you automatically forgive them. Sometimes a person can say, listen, I appreciate you asked me for forgiveness. I'm very angry right now, very hurt. Give me some time, I'll cook on it, and I'll try to forgive you. Right? But he exerted himself very much to make sure to forgive them before going to sleep. And then finally, he was mevater, he was a vatran with his money, that he wasn't insistent upon the nickels and the dimes. And the morale explains, first of all, an incredible, you saw the incredible principle to know from here, not directly related to what we're talking about, is he says that why specifically Did, uh, did the Rebbe say that he never did any of these things once, never in his life? He said, I never in my life did this. I never in my life did that. The Maral says, and this is actually very much related to what we spoke about, I think it was last Thursday night. Yeah, Parshas Noah, we spoke about it, that, uh, that the toldest of a tzaddik are his Maisim Tovim, and we said Davka Tzadik, the name of the Sfasemis, because a person has to be connected to, for the mitzvah to really bear fruit, to really create 
such children, uh, you know, like like children, a person has to be connected to it with his heart and his soul, like a, like a zivug of each veisha. Yeah, and so, so he's saying that that's why if if this is going to be something that's going to give you longevity of days, it has to be a mitzvah that you live with it as your you know as as your life and as, as your life and, and your blood. That's what he was saying. That's number one. Otherwise, why is he stressing? You just said I did this, this, and this. He said I never, I never did these things, not once. That's number one. Number two, why specifically these things? Because they're all an aspect of transcendence uh, from, from away from physicality. People seek honor in physicality. People get, you know, their honor slighted. They get hurt, whatever it is, and then uh, and then and then with with money. That's again all these concepts of being noble, nobility. Nobility of soul is a transcendency of soul, is being lofty. Okay, now we're going to switch to a little bit of a different direction. So a person is going to say, incredible, I, I, I went to a terrorist army and I heard a lecture about Nadivus about nobility and generosity, so I decided to give away half of my money. So says the Gemorin Suvus, Hamavazvez al Yevazvez Yosef Mikomish, Shema Yitzarech Lebrius. Someone who wants to be uh, very generous in spending and giving away money should not give away more than one-fifth because perhaps, lest he need afterwards himself to receive charity, tzedakah, yeah? So, and actually the Gemara learns it from the Pasuk of Yaakov Avinu when Yaakov is going out from his father's house, running away from Esau and he's makes a vow to Hashem that if you'll take care of me, you'll bring me back here. Everything I'm going to have, I'm going to miser it, miser it I will. So the double language of tithing. So the positive is, V'chol asher titen li aser e'esreno loch. So the double language of tithing. Tithe I will tithe. So the Gemara understands that means a double tithe. What? 20%. That's a drush. So the straightforward understanding is 10%, one tenth. But on a deeper level, it's one fifth. Uh, so, and that's, uh, we know that that's the guiding principle today, right? That person should give at least 10% of his earnings to charity, but not more than 20. Um, what is the concept of giving? First of all, we'll talk about what is the concept uh, of giving at least a tenth to to charity to Hashem, and why not more than one fifth? There's lots of awesome Ramosim hints that the morale brings. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have time to go through all of them, but I do want to mention some of them. So first of all, um, let's talk about one-tenth. So in the Torah, the tenth is Kodesh, like we know the tenth animal that's born, right? Meiser Behema, Meiser um, Tvua, is always the tenth that's given. Now the tenth, we can look at it at many levels. Mathematically, ten is not a new digit. The digits are from one to nine. 10 is simply the bringing together of the digits. Digits are already there, one through nine, bringing them together, which is already an abstract 
a more abstract concept to bring together. A digit just means a thing. One thing, two thing, three thing, right? Once, once it's ten, I'm saying I have a single unit. Ten is really one zero, right? Ten. So that's a, it's a single unit of, I have now a package of apples as opposed to nine individual apples. The, it has ramifications in halacha, which is the concept of uh, a cotton is mitzvah snifla sara. If you have nine men, you can use a small child to create the tenth, to, to create the minion. It's different than the nine. Uh, with the letters, the tenth letter is the letter Yud. The letter Yud is a small letter, just like a small child, small letter. The letter Yud doesn't reach to the bottom of the line. The line we can imagine as being like the earth, let's say, the, this world. So whichever letters stand on the line, they are in this world. There are some letters that have a leg that goes below the line. That's a whole different discussion. Some of those don't speak to such good things, such as falling or going down to Gehenna or other negative things like that. When you have legs going below the line, <coughs> the Yud is the only letter that doesn't come down to the line. It stays up above the line. It's spiritual, it's abstract. It's Asiri Kodesh. The tenth is holy to Hashem. Um, the the question is okay, but what about one fifth? Where do we see this concept of one fifth? So first and foremost, we have to understand it's not going to be as explicit. It's not going to be as obvious for the obvious reason that one tenth is miikar hadin. In other words, one tenth is the blatant, obvious will of Hashem in the Torah. The tenth animal, a tithe from your produce. Um, th th that, that is uh, understandable that, th that that's going to be more obvious. A fifth, we don't see anywhere clearly in the Torah that the fifth belongs to Hashem. But somehow or another, we're going to see that, that the four are for down here, and the fifth is to Hashem. To a certain extent, if you have a good eye, if you can look deeply into the world, then you can see that not just the tenth, but even the fifth belongs to Hashem. How so? So first of all, the letter He is the fifth letter in the Torah. So just like we said, the tenth letter is the letter Yud, and the letter Yud is represents spirituality. So letter hey also represents spirituality in two ways. First of all, uh, we know there are four directions to the world, four sides. Um, and that's uh, you know, right, left, forward, back. The internality, the inside, the, the heart is the fifth. So in, that's also a type, internality is also a type of abstraction. It's also something transcendent. Internality and transcendency are related. That's first. We know, by the way, a hint, next time you see, in, uh, we're in Parshish Lech Lecha, and we have the battle of the four kings against the five kings. The four kings are the evil kings, not to say the five kings are such great people either, but they're not the e evil four kings. Yeah? And Avraham goes to the rescue of the five kings and defeats the four kings. Four is uh, totally in this world, that's evil, right? Uh, that's uh, Amrafel and his, and his crew. And uh, five is where there's an internality as well. So that's, uh, that's speaks to spirituality. Additionally, the letter Hey is comprised of a Dalid and a little Yud stuck inside of it. In the middle of the hay, is a, the hay is a dalad with a little yud in the middle. 
So that yud is the same little tiny yud as the letter, as the number ten. But now it's hidden away; it's tucked inside of the dalid. But nonetheless, it's a yud. So if you can see that yud inside the hay, then you're somebody that can give twenty percent. In other words, there's certain rec- basic recognition that this world has to recognize its creator. It has to give, therefore, back to spirituality at least a tenth. That's basic vision. But if you have, if you have spiritual vision, if you have deep vision, then you can see that it even happens with the fifth, one fifth. Our, yeah, I mean, the dollar itself, dollar doesn't have a hay. It doesn't have a yud. Dollar is just a dollar. A hay is a dollar with a yud inside of it. You can see the yud that's in the middle of the hay. If you could spot that as a yud, then maybe you should be giving a fifth. Then there's a beautiful hint. The Gemara Shabbos says, why is it that the letter Gimel is sticking out its leg towards the letter Dalit? Alphabetical order, right? Aleph base Gimel, Dalit, Hey, right? So the Gimel has a foot facing forward towards the Dalit. So it says because the Dalit represents the impoverished person, the Dalit, the poor man. And the Gimel is from a Gomel Chesed. He's someone who wants to do good. So he's running after the poor person to give to him money. And then says the Moral, so, so now, read, now continue reading. So the Gomel Chesed runs after the Dalit. And what does he do? He says, Hey. The letter Hey, but he, but he doesn't say this, this is my, my addition, but Moral does say elsewhere that the letter Hey, like we see Yosef Atzadik saying, Hey. Is a hey lochem zara, which means here is to you. Yosef says to the Egyptians, um, here is to you seed to live on. He's giving to the dying population food, and he says hey lochem zara. Hey is a letter of bring out of expression. When you make the letter hey, you, you breathe out. Huh, huh, you breathe out. Without any blockages, teeth, palate, lips, nothing, just out. So, as he says, so how much do you give him? A fifth. That's why the letter hey follows after the dial. You give him a fifth. Um, however, anything beyond that is me- the dialed, the four parts are meant to stay in this world. They're meant to remain. They're for us to live off of. And a person who neglects his physicality, he wants to be a, a meditating monk, wants to give away all of his wealth, you know, just, uh, and uh, I don't know, sleep on, the, sleep on the street like Aristotle said to people to do. That's not a way to do it. You can't, you can't raise a family that way. You can't take care of your children. You can't, you're gonna become reversed. You're gonna become a burden on the society. So four, at least four parts you have to keep for yourself. One part you, 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 you give away if you're generous, if you're in the div, if you're noble of spirit, then you give a fifth. Um, the, the, uh, okay, that is the second part of what we talk about which was the limits on generosity. And now for the final part, which is miserliness. Miserliness is the opposite of generosity in the other direction. We have generosity in the middle. We have too much of an extreme of giving more than a fifth that you shouldn't do. Uh, And then we have the other way around miserliness, where a person wants to, Apologize. Mindfulness is extreme of not nobility for a different reason. I mean, a person could be not noble, chase down every nickel and dime, but still not be miserly. Miserly means he is rich, 
and nonetheless doesn't spend any money, doesn't spend the money. And that is especially muguna. It's 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 embarrassing and it's it's revolting. Says that's the morale says, and we're gonna see in the Maimari Chazal that if a person is, is himself doesn't have much money and he's chasing down nickels and dimes, okay, so he's a, he's a physical person, what can you do? Fine. But a person who has a lot of money and he can't bring himself to spend it, that's a bigger problem. Um, first of all, to understand what money is. Money, in the Psukim, Parshas Vayetze, when Yaakov gets all of Lovin's flocks through the reproductive uh, experiments over there, right? So Lovin's sons say, Vayomer, Umeyasher Lavinu, Asa is kol hakavodazet, and from that which belonged to our father, he made all this honor. He got all this honor. In other words, money is meant to bring a person honor. It's meant to be an expression of honor. The Gemara in Kedushin says, if a person says to a woman, um, you know, will you marry me on the condition that I'm rich? And she agrees, so what does it mean that he's rich exactly? So the Gemara says, if he's rich in a way that the people of the city honor him for it, then the marriage is a good marriage. In other words, he can have $10 billion in the bank account, but if he never spends any of it, people are not going to honor him for it. If he, the guy wears torn jeans and he takes the bus everywhere, but he's got, well, he's got $10 million, that's irrelevant. He's living as a, he's living as a pauper. In other words, money only has chashivus to it when spent. We're not saying that the person should be seeking that honor, but we're saying that what spend it on he spend it on charity, spend it on. I don't know, business adventures, whatever it is, but uh, yeah, spend, but someone who just holds on to money, and that's the next source over here, it's incredible. You were talking about something, a, a person passing away, leaving inheritance to his children, whether he made a statement that he owes money to people, do you trust that statement, do you not trust that statement, but the Gemara says, So personally, his nickname was, uh, the, a, a mouse that sleep that sleeps on a golden coin. You know, they, 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 I think they have an expression nowadays. Uh, you know, uh, dog, uh, uh, dog in a haystack or something. Or, I don't know if it's the same expression actually. Maybe. But a mouse that sleeps on a golden coin. Why is that so ridiculous? Why is that so? First of all, a mouse is a kind of an unpleasant type of a creature, right? You don't want to be called that. A mouse. And the point is because a mouse, there's nothing he can do with his gold coin. What's he going to do with it? Right? So he's got this gold. It's not doing anything for him. He uses it as a bed, which is very uncomfortable. It's very hard to sleep. It's better to sleep on a little, little fluff of cotton or a piece of fabric or something that he found. Why would you want to sleep on a golden coin? Right? But the point is that a miser is a mishugan. He's obsessed with money to the point he can't bring himself to spend any of it, right? He's got all this money, and if anything, it's actually negative for him. Can you guys think of why having money that you don't spend is actually negative for you? What? Exactly, that's, that's number one. The worry about a, a constant concern and worry, what's gonna, ha what's gonna happen with my money, right? What about uh, any, any other? Uh, Okay, good, I like it. So you're wasting time <laughs> by counting it. What? Dov is a lack of trust in Hashem. I mean, when he's got this coin, his money, and I hear this a lot from people like, oh, well, you know, 
yes, I, it's true, I have, I have five million dollars, but, like, what if this happens, and that happens, and the following happens? Yes, I have money in these types of accounts, but what if the whole market tanks? Yes, but I also have, you know, money in gold, but who knows, what if, what if I'm gonna have crazy medical expenses, all of a sudden I'm gonna get sick and I'm gonna need to, you know, spend uh, millions of dollars. So, so unless I have like 30 million dollars, I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't risk it. <laughs> I can't risk spending any of it, right? So this is a person who's looking to put his trust in money, but if you're looking to put your trust in money, then there's no end to how much money you need to have. Yeah. Good. Any any other uh, any other reasons why this might be evil for him? Hello. Uh, oh, ar arrogance. Uh -huh. Okay. Good. And then, by the way, guys, the simplest one is a person who is relating to money in such a way, he's very likely to end up stealing and, you know, doing all sorts of really bad things. I mean, he, he's clearly a person who's obsessed with money. Right? A person who's obsessed with money is going to be ruined by money. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, so, so you see how Hazal relate to a, a miser is he's called an akbar he's called a uh, he's called a mouse or a rat like it's, it's, a, it's a very dirty filthy you know unpleasant animal because because of the fact that he's taking something which is meant to be put out into the world it's meant to you have all this money why don't you do something good with it why don't you uh, or even if not do something good with it so so fine so at least spend it at least at least if you're enjoying it, so at least you, you, we could hear. But this is but but person who's just holding on to the money. That's literally that's literally uh, a disease. Yeah, well, a lot of money. Yeah, you know, if you're keeping just a little bit of money under your mattress, maybe it's different. You don't trust the banks. Yeah. <laughs> um, now there's another term for a miser. So there's two terms for a miser in, in Hebrew, okay? Uh, anyone know a term for a miser? Kamsan, Kamsan, right. So Kamsan is a gatherer, right? A, a hoarder, right? And, uh, and uh, the, the Maharal makes such an observation about that, it's incredible. The plus, Kamsan, yeah, that was the same, same word, yeah. Um, uh, he says, if you look in the Pasuk, it talks about uh, thievery. It says, V'hashiv es hagzela asher gazal oes okish asher ikesh. He says over there, the rules of grammar, Jaj's gonna go crazy over here. He loves grammar. The rules of grammar is that a word should have a potach, a, a patach and a kamas. Standard division of vowels is a three-letter word, three-letter root, gets a patach and a kamatz. But he says, but over here, if you look in, the, in, in this Pasuk, all these words about stealing are all kamatz kamatz. There's no patach, there's nothing open, there's nothing generous, there's nothing uh, noble, it's all just closing of the hand. Yeah. From counseling, from hoarding, from grabbing, from closing of the uh, uh, co-mates is a is a fistful. The Kohanim will take a, a, a kamitsa of flour. Yeah, so it means to gather in, to breathe in. That's why when you say komats, your mouth is scrounged up. It's it's uh, closed up. So that's uh, that's a counseling. And then the, the and then the other word for a miser is what? Kaylee, exactly. Oh, you, oh, oh, you looked on there. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Good for you. Okay, so in the Navi, the, uh, the Kaylee. Now, the um, the Pasuk says, Pasuk in Yeshaya, the Kaylee, Kaylov Royim, a miser, his vessels are bad or evil. 
we're talking about a marketplace, right? That seemingly in Hoshib Shad, that if you see a guy who's very miserly, probably don't trust his scale and his, you know, weights and things like that, they're, they're likely to be a drop off. Yeah? So you don't want to deal with that person. Uh, but it's but notice he's called a Kaylee. He's called a vessel. Why is he called a vessel? What? Exactly. Because a vessel is for storing. For storage. You're, you're a, a vessel you put into it, but you you don't pour out of it. What? Right. So, so a person who's a Kaylee. The person, he's a, he's a, he's a cistern. He just you know, gathers, 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 right? So that person, his, his, all of his vessels, mean all of his faculties, all of his faculties, his thinking faculties, his feeling faculties, his, are all perverted. All of his kalim aroyim, right? The, because he's, he's a, Obsessed with gathering, gathering to himself. Um, okay, and then finally, the uh, just to know how to relate to other people's money. We've talked about how we relate to our own money. How do we relate to other people's money? So we know it's a missionary perkiavos. Mishnah says, Rabbi Yossi Oimer, Yihi mamon chavarecha chaviv alecha kishelcha. Your fellow's money should be beloved to you as your own money. Which, just, just to show what a crazy world we live in. Whenever there's like some sort of a federal, gov federal government program giving out something doing some sort of a public service, most people's attitude is, sure, do it. It's like, well, why? I don't really need it. Yeah, but who cares? It's just, it's just, it's just you know, federal government's money. You know, it's like, no, it's everyone's money. They don't have their own money. They don't work. They just spend your money, our money, right? So if you accept me literally just accept I, I had recently commented asked us if we wanted like a um energy saving packet package so he sent us i said okay i don't know i'll try to save some energy he sent us some stuff most of the stuff there was no usage for in my house right like a door sweep he sent us a door sweep i have a door sweep right and then there's like some strip like a um, electric outlet strip thing but it like turns on and off, like depending on the device. But I plug something in, and it just kept clicking on, off, on, off, on, off. Because like, I have, have no, no use for it. So, so the, but the kids are, it's like, I, it's just a total waste of money, right? So, so your, your fellow's money should be beloved to as your own money. The problem with all these, the reason why communism doesn't work, the reason why, you know, all these federal things don't work because people don't value other people's money the way they value their own money. But indeed, if you if it were to be that people would value other people's money the way they value their own money, then you wouldn't waste other people's money. You come to just because we put tissues on the table uh, here at the cold doesn't mean that you have to take three tissues to blow your nose, right? Do you take three tissues at your own house? If you do, then okay. Maybe you will just need a lot of, you know. But some people, they behave differently when they're in their, with dealing with their own stuff than when they're dealing with other people's stuff. Yeah? So Misha tells us we have to try to relate to other people's stuff the same way we relate to our stuff. Now, person might say, okay, fine. But what if I'm very generous with my stuff? I, I have no problem. You know, me... me like, uh, you know, just so that uh, you know, uh, 
my 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 uh, my guests should feel more comfortable. I just like take an entire roll of paper towel. I just like make an entire little walkway when they come in. <laughs> so uh, it's like so. I'll just do the same thing at the colonel. You know, you come, just take a roll of paper towels in the kitchen and uh, use it to wipe up one little spill, right? So the answer, so, so the moral says, no, you're not reading the Mishnah carefully. It doesn't say you should treat your fellow's money as your money. His money should be beloved to you as your money, but you cannot act generously with his money. I mean, only L'Kurma, not L'Kula. I mean, you should care about his money. That, that's, that's coming to say, don't mistreat his stuff. But not to say that if, but if you, but if you don't, uh, but, but if you're generous with your stuff, that, that doesn't give you permission to be generous with his stuff. That's, uh, hopefully a little bit of uh, generosity, nobility, limits of how much to leave physicality, um, warning about miserliness and care for other people's things as Hashem will be uh, will be Mekayim the Pasuk Rabim Yichalu Pnei Nudiv we'll be friends together we'll love being around one another because we love one another's generosity and, and uh, largeness of Spirit. Okay. Any questions? We have a few minutes. So, yes. Where do we see if R is five? Say again. Where do we see if R is a fifth rather than a tenth? Where do we see? If R is a fifth. Yeah. We say a tenth and a fifth. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We give five. The Bidyan Aben. Five slides. We're giving all five. We're not giving one out of five. No, no, no. We're giving we're giving five rather than ten. No, but we're looking for where you give one out of five. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, 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 I understand. Right. Okay. Good. All right. Um, you'll hear tomorrow in the big announcement what we're going to be learning next week.